talk about the blessed life. The blessed life. Psalm chapter 1, verse 1. In the King James says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. We'll stop there. We read the whole chapter last time. And by the way, if you weren't here last week, I encourage you to listen to that part so you can get the good connection you need for this message today. Now I want to read those first three verses, those same verses from the Amplified Classic. You know, they keep updating everything, computers, all kinds of things. And uh, when you get my age, you just want the classics. Amen. Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice their plans and purposes, nor stands submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. But his delight and desire are in the law of the Lord, and on his law, the precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God, he habitually meditates ponders and studies by night, uh, by day and by night. And he shall be like a tree firmly planted and tended by the streams of water, ready to bring forth his fruit in its season. His leaf also shall not fade or wither, and everything he does shall prosper and come to maturity. Father, we want to thank you for your precious word. We thank you that when we open our Bibles, you're talking to us. So we choose to listen attentively and carefully, and we, we choose not only to hear your word, but we choose to do it. And we know that it's in the doing of the word that its blessings come to us, and we are recipients of all the good things that it says is ours. And we give you thanks for this today. I ask you for a word in season, for utterance in the Holy Ghost. Help us to hear what you have to say to us. In Jesus' name, amen. 2023 for us here as, this, uh, as a congregation has been and is being a year of breakthroughs and blessings. That's something the Lord instructed me to proclaim and I realized toward the end of last year that that's what I needed to declare to you. And not only to those of you who are here all the time, but all, even all of those who connect with us online and are partners with us and pray for us and give into this ministry, that you would believe God with us and, uh, and enjoy a year of breakthroughs and blessings. And they're happening. It is amazing already, the testimonies that are in this church family as this year has progressed. The blessing is an empowerment. That's what it means from a scriptural point of view. The blessing of God is, in, is the empowerment that's given by God to us to prosper, to mankind in the beginning, and of course now to redeem men who are in right relationship with God. 
The blessing of God is his empowerment to prosper in all areas of our lives. That is spiritually, soulishly, bodily, relationally, and materially. Those are the five areas we all touch. You don't really touch anywhere else. If you do, I want to know about that, what's going on. But spiritually, soulishly, physically, relationally, and materially. The blessing from God is the power to prosper in all of those areas. This empowerment has come through God's spoken word. You know, God first of all spoke, then man wrote it down so that it could be repeated again and again by man. But he spoke the blessing over us, and as a matter of fact, some of the first words that Adam ever heard, and of course he heard them from the voice of God, but some of the first words that Adam ever heard were words of blessing. You can see that in Genesis 1.28. So it's obvious that from the very beginning, your blessing, the blessing of all men, was on the mind of God. And since he doesn't change and is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that is never going to change, and his mind is still got your blessing on it. He still has your blessing on his mind. And it is God's word in your mouth that releases the power of the blessing into your life right now. I was talking to Brother Nick this morning on the way over here how that uh, a friend of ours was telling me that after uh, fighting a very, very serious physical battle, a life and death battle, that he had just, in the time of this conversation, had told me that he had just really realized, he just really got a revelation of, a, a light bulb moment, we might say, of the fact that it wasn't good enough just to believe in healing. And it wasn't good enough just to not talk sickness, doubt, unbelief, and fear. But he said he realized that what he had not really been doing was speaking the positive side, speaking healing. He wasn't talking negatively, but he wasn't forceful enough with a consistent uh, confession of his healing and the scriptures, the word of God coming out of his mouth. You know, the greater the battle, the more ammunition you're going to need. The greater the need, the more power that's going to be required to get that need met. And so when it comes to the blessing of God, it's not enough just to believe that you aren't cursed. That's true, and that's good to know, but that's not enough. It's not enough just to believe that God wants you blessed. That's important. That's essential. But you need to pick up words of blessing from Scripture, things that God's already said about you and to you, and you need to put them in your mouth and declare them. So every day you need to be saying, I'm blessed. I'm blessed when I come in. I'm blessed when I go out. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed in the basket. I'm blessed in the storehouses. I am blessed in all I set my hand to. 
I am blessed spiritually. I'm in a right relationship with God. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. My sins are gone. They've been, they've been washed away by the blood of Jesus. I'm a new creation in Christ. I am blessed spiritually. I am blessed with the fullness of the Spirit. I'm led by the Spirit. I know God. I hear the voice of the good shepherd and the voice of the stranger I don't follow. I'm blessed soulishly. My mind, my will, my emotions, my intellectual capabilities, they are expanding in a good way. I'm not going backward. I have a sound mind, a clear mind, a good memory. I'm able to learn. I'm able to grasp things. I'm, I'm able to function uh, as, as, you know, as much as I need to function until my job is done on the earth. I am blessed physically. I'm blessed bodily. I will live long, I will live strong, and I will live well on the earth. My body functions according to the word of God. Every organ, every muscle, every bone, every cell, every system, every nerve, every part of my body functions as it was created to function in the name of Jesus. And no sickness, no disease, no virus, no infection, no kind of part of the curse of, of the law, and no part of the curse can come upon me because I am the healed of God. And then you can go through all those scriptures that we have on the card out there and just, just start at the top and go through the bottom. If you do it long enough, I'm living proof that you'll memorize them. They'll become a part of you. You won't even have to read them if you don't want to because they'll be a part of your life. And then I am blessed also in my relationships. Amen. Married for 48 years and we still love each other. Married for 40, amen. Married for 48 years and still sleep in the same bed. Now, we have been blessed to go to different bathrooms. <laughs> Some things just help a marriage a lot. So we don't share a closet and we don't share a bathroom. And life is good at our house, praise the Lord. But my relationships, and we have separate cars. That's very important for church. I could uh, do some mischief here, but I won't. Amen. Uh, but it's, it's, it's just a blessing. It's a blessing. We're blessed relationally. I mean, I think about, you know, uh, you know all of our children, all of our grandchildren. They're alive and well, and, and uh, they, they love us. We love them. It's, it, you know, relationally. And, and I think about the relationships here. You know, I don't know how you feel about it, but truly, and this is not just a cliche this is not just a feel-good statement because it seems appropriate here, but it's really true. Uh, we, to me, you all are family. Amen. Amen. It, it really is true. And we love you and we appreciate you and we love to be here. We love to come. You know, sometimes you get physically tired. Sometimes there's something going on and, and you know, physically, soulishly, you might want to check out, you know, and stay in the bed or whatever. But you don't do that if you're faithful. But I'm always glad I never come to church and then I'd say, I, mean, I wish I hadn't went. And I'm always glad to see you. There's nobody who comes and I say, I wish I hadn't seen them. <laughs> no, I don't ever do that. I don't ever do that. I'm always glad. Praise the Lord. And uh, so our relationships are blessed. And then our material life is blessed financially. I mean, I'm talking about declaring. These are confessions. Remember, that's where we are. And you need to be declaring over yourself that you are blessed materially, financially. I can promise you, and this is not an insult, but I'm just promising you, you don't know all the ways that God has to bless you. You do not know, and you don't have to figure out how he's going to do all of that either. 
But God can bring stuff to you and increase you materially in ways that you never even dreamed. And that's the way the blessing works. It's an empowerment. And it also is an empowerment, as Deuteronomy 8.18 says, to actually get or produce or make wealth. There are ideas that nobody yet has thought of that are in the mind of God that are going to make some people wealthy and blessed. There are things to buy and perhaps things also to sell. I'm sure there are within the total body of Christ. There are seeds to be sown. There are uh, specific things that need to be done by, by people that sets them up for great blessing, that sets them up for increase. And sometimes things start very small and they look almost insignificant. And you would almost double check, you'd question, is God really telling me that he wants me to do this? Because you might not see the purpose of it in the beginning. You might not see the potential of it in the beginning. But it's amazing how God can take little things that seem almost insignificant and they can grow and they can blossom and they can develop until you'll stand back and say, what a blessing this has been. And what a blessing it is. Amen. As a matter of fact, in uh, Psalm 1, uh, that word blessed is actually in Hebrew a plural word. So it's really referring to blessings. Blessings. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now we know every means all, no exceptions, nothing is left out. So if the word says, I have been blessed with every spiritual blessing, then that means there's no more that I need to get because there's no more to have. They're all available. They're all mine, already mine. They're in the account. Now, you know how accounts work, financial accounts, for instance. It really doesn't matter how much money is in there. If you don't know how to access it, it won't do you any good. You know, you can have money in the bank, and you can go to the bank, the physical location, and just say, I've got money in this bank, and I want some of it. How many of you know you're not getting it just with that statement? There's going to be some legal process. There's going to be documentation. They're going to verify who you are and that you actually do have an account and that you have the, um, the money in the account to, uh, to withdraw that. I mean, there's all that whole process in the natural, and we don't have problems with that. We, we are glad for that because we don't want you know some stranger to come in pretending to be us and clean out your bank account. And so I don't know why when it comes to the blessing of God and the things of God, so many people seem to have a problem with God's processes. They have a problem with process in the spiritual dimension. Somehow they think that they're just supposed to wake up some morning and all of a sudden all their problems are gone and they are just loaded with blessings so much that it's just amazing that they're just basically almost a different person overnight and that this is going to happen just almost like magic and they don't have anything to do with it. That's not how this works. That's not how it works. And so it's important that we understand these 
these uh, multiple blessings in multiple areas that we are empowered to be able to take hold of. Every spiritual blessing in heavenly places has already been given to us, but it's essential that we learn how to draw on the spiritual blessings so that they manifest in the natural. You see, every Christian is technically prosperous materially through the spiritual blessing of abundance. But you know and I know that not every believer is truly prosperous. What's, what's going on here? Well, one of the things that's going on is they haven't yet learned how to tap into that spiritual blessing and get it into this realm. James 1.17 says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down. Let's say that together. And cometh down. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above, from God, from heaven, and cometh down. Say that again. And cometh down. Now, how, do, how does it get from there to here? And cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. How does it get from there to here? It's a faith process. By grace, through faith. It's a faith process. And if you want God's best, you're going to have to learn the process and learn how to walk in the blessing. We learned that there are streams of blessings. With that word in uh, Psalm 1 being plural, it's important to realize that there's more than one way that God has to bless you. And more than one area that He wants to bless you. And you know, a lot of people are very strong in one area, but weak in another. There are people who are strong uh, in the financial realm, but they have weaknesses in the area of their physical life, their healing, and that kind of thing. There are people who readily and easily seem to receive healing and walk in health, but they're always broke. They're always struggling financially. Well, God doesn't want our lives to be way good on one side and pretty bad on the other. He wants all areas, all those five areas we talked about, to be blessed. And God has enough resources and enough power to do it. This is not a zero-sum game where that if I get blessed, then you can't. Or if you get blessed, then that's just that much that I'll not ever have. No, God is a God of such abundance that all of his kids can walk in the total blessing of God, and God still doesn't even sweat, not one drop. I'm glad to know a God like that. Amen. The blessing is so powerful that those who bless the blessed are themselves blessed. That's what God told Abraham in Genesis 12 and 3. And also he told him that those who curse the blessed are themselves cursed. This is a powerful, powerful thing. Now in the Amplified, verse 1 gives us four words that deal with that one word blessed. And they are the words happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable. We talked about this last week. And how that all of these things uh, make up, if you will, the blessing. If you are truly blessed and walking in the blessings of God, then you should be a happy person. I'm not saying you'll never have an occasion to cry. I'm not saying you'll never mourn the loss of a loved one. or that I'm not saying everything's going to go right for you, that you'll never have a disappointment. I mean, just think about a Dallas Cowboy fan. I mean, I'm, not, I'm just not, you know, I'm not saying... I'm not saying that everything is going to go your way all the time.
But, I'm, but I am saying that if you are blessed, you're happy. Happy. Amen. You shouldn't always have a frown. People shouldn't be afraid to speak with you. They shouldn't dread to see you coming. And when you leave, the room shouldn't brighten up. Happy. Happy. Then the next word is fortunate. And of course we said that means receiving unexpected good. We expect to be blessed, but we don't know where it all is coming from. We don't actually know what it all is. And I want to tell you, when you walk in, in a, a, a powerful level of this blessing, you will get blessed with things that you didn't even ask for. You will be blessed with things that sometimes will almost embarrass you. You never asked for it. You didn't strive for it. You didn't try to manipulate anything or anybody for it. But God just brought it to you. And may I say this, when he does bring those things to you, don't hide them. Don't be ashamed of them. Let God get the glory. Amen. And then the next word is uh, prosperous. So prosperity has always been God's will. 3 John verse 2 says, Beloved, I pray above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. Deuteronomy 8, 18 says that God gives you the power, the ability, the adaptability, the anointing to get, to produce, to make wealth that he may establish his covenant in the earth. So prosperity is a part of the plan of God. And um, then the next word is enviable. Enviable. Now we know that envy is a sin. You don't want to envy. But your life should be so blessed that you are enviable. You see the difference? And we pointed out in Genesis 26 how that Isaac was envied by the Philistines because he obeyed God in the time of the famine, sowed in the time of famine, reaped a hundredfold, only guy in town with a harvest, and everybody wishes they were like Isaac that season. And you know what, folks? And I'm not being facetious, but people should want to be like you. That's how blessed we're supposed to be. That people would look at us and say, I wish I knew what they know. And I wish I had done what they have done. Because I would like to have what they have. Amen. Not necessarily their stuff. That would be envy. I want what you have. But I would like to have such a blessed life. Praise the Lord. Now, let's go in our Bibles to the book of Galatians, and we'll get back to Psalm 1, if not today, sometime. But the book of Galatians today, we'll go there, and we're going to look at chapter 3. You can't talk about the blessing without going to this passage. Galatians chapter 3, and we will read verses 13 and 14. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Now, here the Apostle Paul is writing to the, uh, to the Galatians, and he says... Christ, so that's Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, has redeemed us. Is that past tense, present tense, or future tense? That's past tense. So we're not waiting to be redeemed. We have already been redeemed. And of course we know that that happened through the precious blood of Jesus. Christ has redeemed us from the curse so when you read, for instance, Deuteronomy chapter 28 from about verse uh, 14 on, about all those curses, all the various horrible diseases that are mentioned, mental illnesses, relational disasters, famine, pestilence, 
I mean, it was, it's so bad, the curse is so bad that toward the end of the chapter, we'll probably look at this at another time in a little more detail, but he actually just goes on to say every sickness and every disease that's not even mentioned, that's part of the curse too. So it's everything you can imagine that is not good and not godly, everything you can imagine that is not health, not healing, not wellness, that's a part of the curse. And this verse says, Christ has already, past tense, bought us back from that curse. We are not cursed. Aren't you glad? The curse is not my business. Now the curse is the default setting of the fallen world. The curse is the default setting of the kingdom of darkness. Just like the blessing is the default setting of the kingdom of God. So just as really as a Christian is blessed, those who are non-Christians live under a curse. And one of the great lines of demarcation to show the difference between the blessed and the cursed and the uh, righteous and the unrighteous is the level of God's blessing in all those five areas of life that we've been talking about. People should be able to look at our lives and tell there's something different. Now, I don't mean if they just see you one time. I don't mean somebody just looking across the restaurant and seeing you sitting at a table. But I mean anyone that would really get to know you, anyone that would really understand something about your life, they should be able to know that your life is vastly different than the life of people who are not saved. And it's not just about the things we don't do. That is part of it. You know, I wasn't out last night clubbing and drinking. I wasn't home smoking weed. So there are things, yes, I don't do, and you shouldn't do. But it's more than that. It's the things that I do and do gladly and do with joy. It's the way that I handle my spiritual life, the things I choose to expose my spirit to. It's about the way that I... um, deal with my soul, the things I allow myself to see, the things I allow myself to hear, the things I talk about, the things that I read. It's about the way I handle my body, the things I choose to put into it and the things that I don't put into it, that I understand and live by the, the uh, scriptural principle that my body is the temple of the living God. And it's a bigger temple now than it was 40 years ago. I hope he enjoys more room. (laughs) But I handle my body differently. I have different expectations than the world when it comes to my body. You know, you hear people talk now, and I, I don't know how much you get out, and I don't know who all you talk to, so maybe this doesn't apply to everybody, but I can tell you, you don't usually have to go very far to hear people talking sickness and disease, and pain, and medicines, and procedures, and doctor's reports, and MRIs, and, uh, you know, ABCDs, and, uh, you know, PQXs, or whatever they do. Uh, You know, it's just the conversation of a lot of people. Well, I would love to go, but I've got these doctor's appointments. I would love to go, but, you know, I mean, they live their life around the schedule of people that they don't even know if they're saved or not sometimes. And they treat as infallible sometimes, pretty much, people that are not infallible. 
So the way you deal with your body should be different than the world. People, people are not going to come to my house and, and we're, we're not going to have an hour-long conversation about all the pains that I've had in my body over my 65 years. We're not going to talk about uh, you know, what I can't do anymore or what I'm making preparations not to be able to do anymore. You've got to be very careful that you don't plan your life to get old and decrepit. You've got you to be careful that you don't plan your life to become irrelevant. A side note, an unproductive person, a pain in the neck. You don't want to become that person. You want to stay strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. You want to have a song of praise on your lips. You want to have words of praise, thanksgiving, and faith in your mouth. You want to declare the truth of the Word of God. You might say, well, I knew people that did that and they died. Honey, we're all going to die. Have you ever figured that out? But I'd sure rather die in faith as die in fear. And I'd rather die in faith as to die with unbelief. I'd rather go to be with the Lord with a smile on my face as to try to fight like you know what to be here as long as I can be here. For no reason. Amen. <laughs> so we're blessed. We're blessed. So what does that mean? That means you're going to be putting up with me a long time. I mean, if you, st if you keep coming to church, praise the Lord. But anyway, blessed, not cursed. So we, we handle our bodies differently. We handle our relationships differently. You know, if you're a believer and you handle your relationships like a believer does, then you're not going to go the way of the world. The world has gone crazy about relationships. They have lost their ever-loving minds. And if you believe in biblical relationships, biblically-based relationships, then you are just, you know... You're like a dinosaur. And you're this intolerant bigot. And you just don't get it. But you know what? Every time I read the Bible, it says the same thing it said the other time. Nothing ever changes there. Which is ind indicative of the God who authored the Bible. He doesn't change. So call me old-fashioned. Call me whatever you want. But I just think I'll, I'll stay with God. I just think I'll stay with the word. Amen. Hallelujah. So we handle our relationships biblically, which means we walk in love. We don't walk in revenge. We're not looking for opportunities to get you. We're not looking for opportunities to stab people in the back. We're not looking for opportunities that we could rejoice and gloat over somebody who gets their comeuppance. No, that's not how we live. We love. Doesn't mean we don't tell the truth, doesn't mean we don't stand for something, but it means that we do what's best for people. And we love them. And we wish no ill will toward anybody. Amen. So the last one, of course, is materially, financially. You know, if you want to be strange in today's world, be a tither. Right. Now, I mean strange in the sense that you're different. Because most people don't tithe. I'm sure you know that, don't you? But most people do not do what you do with your money. Most people don't tithe. Most people don't give offerings. 
I'm sure probably people might think, you know, I, mean, I don't know, they probably don't pay any attention really, but, but you know, when, they, when they're out ringing the bell and they got the bucket out, you know, at Kroger, every time you go in, you know, from Thanksgiving on or trick-or-treat on or whatever it is. And by the way, this trick-or-treat stuff has gone crazy, hasn't it? I was in Lowe's yesterday, and they already have these haints out that are Bluetooth haints. And they talk and make noise and move, and they're 10 feet tall. I just don't understand. But anyway, they start ringing the bell. Come back to my subject. They start ringing the bell. But I don't, I don't throw anything in because I'm not sure exactly how that works and it may be good or it may not be good I don't know and, and give if you want but if I'm going to give to the poor I'd rather give through the church I'd rather give through other means and, and I'm sure part of people think well you know this is a guy that doesn't do anything and I'm just thinking sometimes as I walk through if you knew if you knew how many thousands of dollars I gave this year you wouldn't you wouldn't think this is just some old stingy guy. But see, I'm very selective. I do things with my money that most people wouldn't do. A lot of people, you know, they throw a $5 bill in a, in a bucket at Christmas time. They think they've hung the moon. You know, I don't know. Can you even get a Happy Meal for $5? What? You, you, you know because you take kids to get Happy Meals. <laughs> She runs the Happy Meal bus quite frequently. <laughs> so you might get a Happy Meal. You might get a Four Nuggets that we learned last Sunday, important information from Brother Jason Green taught us, that they're in the shape of bells and boots. And, and what else did he? Uh, we've already forgotten. It was so important. But and I just thought they were globs of supposed chicken. I didn't know that they had actual shapes. <laughs> Lord, help me. I don't know. I'm, you can tell I'm going on vacation. I'm slowly slipping away from, from what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> but we do different things because we're blessed. And that's why we can be a blessing. We can be a blessing. And I tell you, I don't, I don't, I've been in the curse department. I have been in the lack department. I've been in the pain department. I've been in the sickness department. I've been in the relationally messed up department in my lifetime. And I sure do like the blessing better. Amen. Amen. I, I really would like to get through with this verse, and you want me to, I'm sure. So verse 13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. You see, that's how our redemption came to pass, because he became the curse that we were. He became what you were, what I was, so that I can now be, and you can now be who he is. He says, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. That, the blessing, everybody say blessing. blessing. See, this is our subject, the blessed life. That the blessing of Abraham, so he's identifying the category, because you see the blessing that God spoke to Adam, Adam of course fell. The blessing uh, didn't necessarily go away, but it was nullified in the lives of the spiritually dead until there was a way that they could be 
their sins could be stayed. You know, that was immediately after Adam and Eve sinned. God slew the animals. The blood sacrifice system started. And the only way that people could enjoy any kind of blessing was because of the blood. Jesus came, the Lamb of God. He was the antitype for all those types and shadows of the Old Testament. And he came and he paid the debt. The whole thing was taken care of. There is no more ledger where you have a sin debt. You don't have an IOU. Jesus took it all. Paid it all. And so that blessing, uh, you know, we're familiar, very familiar with the blessing of Abraham because it's one of the most prominent ones. And actually the blessing of Abraham, if you want to boil it down to a singular thing, the blessing of Abraham was Jesus coming to the earth and redeeming us. And so when it says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us for it is written, curses everyone that hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Our blessing is possible because of our redemption and our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Our blessing is not a product of our works. It's not a product of our intellect. It is a product of our relationship and our redemption through Jesus Christ. So today, we... You and I, whether you feel like it or not, whether you think it this way or not, it's still true. We are empowered with Jesus' empowerment. We begin, we've been given authority to use his name. We have power of attorney. If I gave you power of attorney over my finances, that means you could take my checkbook and write checks and you wouldn't even have to ask me. The bank would honor them because we have a legal agreement and you have power of attorney. So you can see why I'm not going to give you power of attorney, right? <laughs> but that's the way it would work. That, it's that powerful. Listen, folks, Jesus gave us power of attorney. <laughs> he said, you go in my name, cast out devils, preach the gospel. Oh, hallelujah. And so when you and I get up in the morning, the devil gets nervous because Jesus is now activated through you. Hallelujah! Aren't you glad that you know him? Aren't you glad you're blessed? So you see, it's, it doesn't even make sense that a believer would think they're living this cursed, marginalized life out on the edge of nowhere with no influence and no way to do anything. That is not at all the life of Jesus. Jesus changed the world. And through the church of which you and I are a part, he's still changing the world through those who know who they are and know the power of the blessing. Jesus was and is the blessing of Abraham that was promised, and we are in him right now. Right now. Let's go to Deuteronomy 28. We're going we're to finish up for the day, and uh, next Sunday we'll get into another uh, day of this, so there'll be a th third part at least. But I want you to go with me to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 28. And I just want to read a few verses, and I want you to listen and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. I'll probably read down 
through um, verse number 13. And I just want to read about the blessing. And as we read this, I want you to understand we're reading about you. This is not somebody else. We all have known people in our lives that seem to uh, do well. You know, we're all familiar with people that maybe they, they excelled in certain areas and they just prospered. They did so well. And we, sometimes we have a saying, you know, people were born with a silver spoon in their mouth or people had the, they call it the Midas touch, you know, everything they touched turned to gold and that kind of thing. Um, I remember one time I, I, I knew a man, he was worth tens of millions of dollars in the 1980s. And uh, he was a graduate of Wake Forest University. And he said, he told me one time, he's, because I was his pastor, and he told me, he said, um, he said, when I go back, you know, like some of those reunion times or whatever, and see some of the old college friends, he said, they tell me, and they call his name, said, you're the luckiest guy I've ever known. And he told me, he said, it's a funny thing, the harder I work, the luckier I got. <laughs> so, you know, there is a place for hard work. There is a place for commitment. There is a place for faithfulness. And it does pay to make wise decisions. But God will help you with all of that. But we've all known people like that. They just kind of excel. They're out there in front. And if we're not careful, this is so important, don't miss this today. If we're not careful, we'll just take the attitude, well, that's them, but that's not me. And I know that even as we get older, that it can be that, you know, we think, well, we've missed our opportunities and I hate this phrase, my best days are behind me. I don't say that. I always declare that the best days are ahead. No matter what the calendar says. I know I was born in another century. But my best days are still ahead. Amen. And so if we're not careful, we get into that mindset though. Well, I'm settled in here, you know, the fixed income, this, you know, all the stuff that people say. And this is all that I'm going to be able to ever enjoy. This is all I'm ever going to have. And I'm just going to try to, you know, make it to the end. I hope my, you know, I hope I don't uh, outlive my money. And I hope, you know, these are real thoughts that people have. And I'm not making fun of it because this is very serious stuff. But I'm trying to tell you that the blessing is bigger than that. I'm telling you, you don't have to think in those terms. You are blessed. And there's a God in heaven who's watching out for you. And your best days are ahead if you walk in the blessing. It doesn't go backward. It goes forward. So we're reading about us. Chapter 28, verse 1, we'll start. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God. That's listen, listening. To the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. There's that differential between the saved and the unsaved. That line of demarcation we talked about earlier. And how does it happen? And all these blessings shall come on thee. And he's not through. I like this word overtake thee. 
overtake thee. You know what it means to be overtaken? That's when you're going along about 65, 70 miles an hour and somebody zips around you, you know they're doing 95. <laughs> you say, how do you know that? Eh, you you can figure it out. Uh, you've been overtaken. This says the blessings are like that. You see, no matter how slow it's been, no matter how much you've been poking around and lagging behind, there is a blessing that can come up and overtake you. Your life can be changed in just an instant. Hallelujah. One word from God can change the rest of your life. One encounter with the Holy Spirit can fix your body until you don't have that pain anymore. That disease is gone. Just one circumstance, one situation that God's power changes and your life's different. Hallelujah. That's what we expect here week after week after week. I believe God for His supernatural power. His blessings to overtake us. If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Notice he keeps hammering that. It's so important to hear the voice of God. And, and let me tell you, this is not just you in a prayer closet hearing from God. That's possible and we want that and that happens. But please don't forget that every time you hear this word, you're hearing the voice of the Lord your God. Open the Bible. Let God talk to you. Blessed shalt thou be, verse 3, in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. So if you're a city mouse or a country mouse, you're blessed wherever you are. And that's one of the things we've believed God for in this place for years. You know, we know we're not in the city. We know we're not in some metropolitan area. But it's just amazing how God has blessed us in, in the field. You know, and people from eight counties drive in here to church on Sunday. Blessed in the field. Hallelujah. Blessed shall thou be, uh, blessed shall be the fruit of thy body. That's your children, your grandchildren, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind. That's a type of livestock. And the flocks of thy sheep. Now, I don't have any cattle. I don't have any kind. I don't have any sheep. You know, but we love animals, don't we? They're very delicious when they're cooked <laughs> properly. Uh, and so, so, amen. <laughs> if you're a vegan, pray for me. But I don't think the marriage supper of the lamb is going to be a tofu fest. I can just, I can just tell you that. Amen. Hallelujah. But you notice this, this is what they, everybody lived this way. The, you know, cattle and shot, uh, sheep, flocks of sheep. That, that was the, they were an agricultural lifestyle. So the idea is it's going to bless your life. What do you do? Where do you work? What, what do you put your time in? What do you put your effort in? What do you put your money in? Those places becomes what the next verse calls, blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Now God can't bless your storehouse if you don't have one, by the way. If you don't have a bank account, you need to have one. God can't bless what you don't have. Oh, we could meddle there a lot. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. Now this is not a joke. I mean, you just think God would say, you're blessed everywhere you go. 
But he really wants us to get this. When you come in, you're blessed. When you go out, you're blessed. You know, I was talking about some people lighting up a room when they leave it. The blessing means that you're, you are a blessing when you come in and you're a blessing when you go out. People that are a blessing when they go out, they're blessed and we're sad. That's what we said about Taylor and Sherry. You know, they're blessed, they're promoted, but, you know, and they're blessed as they go out, but uh, what are we? Chopped liver? I mean, you know, no, I'm kidding. That, but this is the way it's supposed to be. We're supposed to be able to see these kinds of blessings. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. Notice he doesn't say the Lord will give you a 12-gauge to blow them away. <laughs> I'm not against guns, but we don't, we don't serve up vengeance. Amen. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. If you read the Old Testament, you can see time and time again how God brought Israel to victories through supernatural means. Things that didn't, nobody even thought about. But God came up with them. So if you've got folks giving you problems, if you've got situations that look bad, trust me, if you will walk in the blessing of God and trust the Lord and you'll walk in love, God has a way of taking care of those people in your life that are not treating you properly. The Lord shall command the blessing. Now, you know, it's one thing if a human commands something. You know, if a parent commands their child, if a law enforcement officer commands someone to stop or to cease what they're doing, that's one thing. But this says, the Lord shall command. Do you think there's a devil in hell that can countermand that? Do you think any kind of spiritual force from hell could ever overcome that? No, it's a command of God. So we think, we think about the commandments. When you talk about commandments, people, religious people, they always think about, you know, the Ten Commandments. They think about all the thou shalt nots. Well, they are part of commandments, but also part of God's commanding is to command blessing upon you. Upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that thou settest thine hand unto. What do you set your hand to? What's your job? What's your business? What do you set your hand to at your home, with your family? The Lord shall uh, command his blessing upon you and your storehouses and in all you set your hand unto, and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. So the Lord wants to give you land. Now, if you want to rent, that's fine. But if you want to own land, you've got a right to have some land. The Lord shall establish thee and holy people unto himself, as he hath sworn unto thee, if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. Now, we today don't have the list of Levitical commands that we're responsible for that, that these people in the early days were. We don't bring blood sacrifices. We don't, we don't have to go through all the rigmarole, but we do have a command. In the New Testament. Anybody know what that command is? It's the law of love. So we could easily come to a passage like this and say, if I walk in love, the agape, God kind of love, and walk in his ways, that's obedience, in his ways. That's not me going my own way, doing my own thing, and saying, God, you're going to have to bless this. This is me obeying God. It says, if I do this, all the people of the earth shall see 
that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. They will, they will respect you. They'll be afraid to cross you. Not because you're big, bad, ugly, and mean, and, you know, threatening, but just because God is on you, the power of God. And the Lord shall make thee, what's that word? Plenteous in goods, in the fruit of thy body, and in the fruit of thy cattle, and in the fruit of thy ground, in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give thee. I like this verse, verse 12. I like them all, but, but this is just so beautiful. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure. Now, can you imagine? I know years ago I used to save spare change in a sock. And I like to wear knee socks. And uh, I could show you, but you, you've laughed enough. Uh, but anyway, but I had one a pair that wore completely out, so I had one of them, and I used them for money. And I would put change in there and change in there and change in there, and you know, it'd get a pretty good pile of money. It'd get heavy, you know, that sock. It, it, uh, it was heavy. And so... Uh, it was, it was uh, something that uh, was my treasure, <laughs> you know, just a, really wasn't a lot of money, but it was, like, it was like somewhere where you stored money, a treasure. Well, that's what he's talking about here. He's talking about the Lord will open you his treasure. Now, how many of you know that God, if he put anything in a sock, it'd be a big sock? <laughs> but I don't think he does socks. But how many of you think that God's got a lot in his treasure? I mean, if you had a million dollars in the bank, you wouldn't miss 10, would you? You wouldn't miss 100, really. So you think about God, the creator of the universe, how big his treasure is. This says that he will open his good treasure, the heaven, and then he will give you rain unto thy land in his season and to bless all the work of thine hand. You know, one of the reasons some people are not as blessed as they could be, is because they don't do anything. How can he bless the work of your hands if your hands only use the remote? <laughs> I'm leaving town tomorrow. And it says, And thou shalt lend unto many nations. Now you can't lend if you don't have something. If you need a this is just a, a, a number, a little number. Let's say you need $500 a month to, to get by, and all you're taking in is $500. Well, then you can't lend any of that because you already owe it. It's already spoken for. So to be able to lend means you've got surplus. And what I'm hoping that we begin to do in looking at these kind of verses is to begin to expand our thinking to see how God looks at this thing. Lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. Now, he's not telling you it's a sin to borrow. He's saying you don't need to borrow. Isn't that wonderful? And the Lord shall make thee, and I like this verse too. This is just, I think this is cute. The Lord has a way with words, you know. The Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. You know, we, we all, every service we have a beautiful dog that's with us. Uh, Nick's dog Guy is here. 
But you know, and she's a pretty dog, but her head looks much better than her tail. <laughs> so I'm glad this is in here. He'll make you the head and not the tail. And thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. I don't like the terminology under the circumstances. I don't live under the circumstances. We live above them. We help declare and decree them. We help create circumstances because we are in charge in our lives. We're blessed. I know it's all under God. I don't want you to misunderstand me. We're, you know, but God gives us this authority. If thou wilt hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God. Notice this theme. It keeps coming back to it over and over again. It always takes us back to the word, hearing the word, and doing the word. And so what I want you to see is that the blessing is an abundant life. And you guys can come on if you want. I just want you to understand that this is how God sees you. This is not just for preachers. It's not just for people that have X number of years seniority in the kingdom. It's nothing about that. And it's not about that we've crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's. I've made so many mistakes I can't even remember them all. And I'm so glad because God chose to forget them too when I repented. But the fact is, Jesus met the conditions. And I'm in him. He paid the price. And I belong to him. And God takes good care of his property. Amen. Amen. Now, if you're here today or if you're watching online and you're not God's property, if you have gone your own way and you've done your own thing and doing your own thing and so, you know, you're just basically living by your wits, living like most all the world lives, probably 95% or more of the world living with no thought about God, no thought about the Word of God, no knowledge really of God or His Word to speak of. I can tell you, I mean, I've been saved a long time, so I know that it's not, it's probably not possible that I would fully understand what it would be like. But I can say this, I can only imagine that it would be very frightening to be alive today and not know God. To look into the world we're living in and see all that's going on and not have hope in Jesus. To think about what could happen tomorrow or even before this day is over. The disastrous effects that some of these demonic, demonically inspired people if they could, would do. The crazy decisions being made by our government and governments around the world. The loss of morals in the culture. The mistreatment of children. The list goes on and on and on. To be alive right now in this world and not have Jesus, I can't think of anything more scary but if you've got Jesus you're blessed and you can go to this book and see on a number of occasions when good people blessed people godly people were put in 
cultures, civilizations, situations that were to them foreign and even hostile. God always brought them out. God always blessed them. He always met their needs. God can change laws if it's just for you. There may be policies in place. There may be rules and regulations. But God can supersede those, even if it's just for you. Glenn and I were talking yesterday evening about Smith Wigglesworth, the great English evangelist. He went to be with the Lord in 1947. He went from earth to heaven, actually in a church building, in the vestry of a church, an Anglican church. Uh, he was in their vestry room, they called it. And there were several ministers in there. And he was 87 years of age. And, and he just slipped away. Just slumped over and he was gone to heaven. For years prior to that, for years, he had made a statement. And again, this is his testimony. I'm not saying you have to do what he did. But I'm just trying to show you an example of what I'm talking about. For years he made the statement, no knife will ever touch this body. So he had never, ever had surgery of any kind. He had never had a knife touch his body. But the law in Britain at the time, and maybe still today, is a death like that with no attending physician, not in a hospital or anything of that nature, the law required a postmortem, which would have been an autopsy. And do you know that they really don't know how it happened? But there was none done on Smith Wigglesworth. In life and even in death, no knife ever touched his body. Why am I telling you this? Because I'm telling you that no matter what the world does, no matter what they say, no matter what their policies or what their laws or their rules or their stupid ideas may come up with, we live according to a different set of laws. And you don't wait till you're drowning to take swimming lessons. You can't teach a drowning man to swim. You can't instruct a drowning man. The desperation of imminent death will cause a drowning man to cause a man who can swim to drown if you don't take care of it properly. And so don't wait till trouble comes. You may be sitting here today with plenty of money feeling like, as the old, old song says, sitting on top of the world. But feed your faith. Get in the Word. Establish a belief system based on Scripture and declare it so that when the test comes or the storm comes or whatever happens, it'll be like we say, based on the Word, not based on what the world says. Amen? Heads bowed, eyes closed for just a moment. If you don't know the Lord and you want to know Him, put your hand up. I want to pray with you right now. Anybody anywhere in the room? Anybody online? I know I can't see your hand, but if you will contact us, we'd like to give you information about salvation, about new life in Christ. We'd like to tell you about how to serve God. Pray this prayer with me just for anybody that would need it here or online. Let's pray this together. Say, Father God, in Jesus' name, I believe Jesus died for me. He rose again from the dead, and he's alive now. I receive him as my Lord 
and as my Savior. Forgive me of all my sin. Cleanse me, God, by the blood of Jesus and make me a new creation. I commit to you, Lord, to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Amen. Let's put our hands up and thank God for salvation. Thank God. I know that was a quick little prayer, but if you will meditate on that and you will pray it from your heart, God will save you.